Welcome to the Into the Void podcast with your host, Sammy Starr. Step into the void. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for coming on to the show. Welcome to another edition of Into the Void. My name is Sammy Starr. Honestly, this is a very explosive episode because I never thought in a million years that I would ever have these guys on here. Been listening to these guys for a long time. I'll have these guys introduce themselves if you want to do the honors. Yeah, for sure. I'm Chris. I play lead guitar in Buried Tomorrow. And I'm Tom. I'm uh, the clean singer and keyboard player and percussion. So I know we have a lot to dig into here, guys. This is a very emotional album for you guys, and I know that's an understatement to put on that for many reasons. We're going to, I guess, go back to many months ago when you guys were faced with this kind of raw reality that I guess you guys were wanting to say that you were done and you wanted to basically say like this historic career that you guys have built within the metalcore series for over 15 years you guys wanted to kind of hang it up and not really do this anymore what made you guys want to come to that kind of realization at that time I think uh, it's very hard to deny just how much of an impact that COVID had on everyone. And Mm -hmm. it became apparent that within the Bury Tomorrow Camera 5 piece that we just Mm -hmm. weren't on the same page. And each tour, I mean, for me personally, from like 2017 onwards became less enjoyable and less enjoyable. And it turned out we're all not necessarily enjoying it for certain reasons. And the internal dynamic was completely flawed and we lost complete sight of what it meant to be in a band with each other and also to take into account the the fact that we're business partners. We should be friends. <laughs> we should at least be able to get on and, you know, just be grown-ups. And it, it just got more and more difficult to see where it was going. We just lost sight of what we were doing it for. Like, we were all, you know, conflicting ideas, conflicting, you know, trajectories, personal life and professional life, and it was just not enjoyable anymore. So when faced with COVID, it was just, it was very hard to rationalise and just to see where it was going. But mm. the fact is we had no end goal, in, or at least there was no pinpoint on when things were going to return to normality. But mm. the truth of the matter is we just weren't having a good time. Our internal dynamic was completely flawed and it just made sense to carry on as a four-piece in that regard. And then we were just committed to playing the slam dunk shows and we were going to see what happens. We asked Tom and Ed to fill in. And then at that point, we, we didn't really know what else was going to happen. We were just like, if we love this, let's prove that we love it and give it another go and just see how them shows go. And they ended up being incredible. So we decided to do a few more shows and then we decided to write some songs and then we decided to make an album. And then, yeah, here we are <laughs> about to release it. So it's been a crazy... Um, well, it's probably coming up to two years now, to be honest, since that initial conversation happened. So, uh, yeah, it's it's mind-blowing. Time is crazy. Life is crazy. <laughs> no, most definitely. Back in 2020, you guys had Reese Cannibals. From my opinion, I can only speak from my opinion as a fan, one of the best albums that you guys had ever released at the time. Yet you guys had said you felt that it wasn't the fullest potential that you guys felt that it could be at the time could we talk about that a little bit 
Yeah, again, it's COVID. The fact that we couldn't right. tour was really strange. The fact that we released a record, I mean, it got pushed back as well. I think if I'm right in remembering, it got pushed back twice. But yeah, I mean, I was always pleasantly surprised that the record had the mainstream chart success that it did, but we never got to see how it translated live. Hence mm -hmm. why I think that when we speak about it losing potential, that's the inevitability of not being able to tour. And we are a band that, you know, our main business is touring. That's how we can see how the songs resonate. It's how we decide what we need to do next. Mm -hmm. It's how we can gauge what we're doing as a band. But we knew it was connecting on some level because of the maybe the lyrical content from Dan's side of things. I personally, as the main songwriter, wasn't inspired, to be honest. So I guess subjectively, I felt like it was never, it was nowhere near my potential as a songwriter or as a guitarist. It's always a, a surprise when people like it or not. But I think, again, because of COVID, there was no tangibility to, a, to the album campaign. It was just like, a, we release it. Oh, what can we do to engage with people? Oh, we can sell some merch or we could do a live stream here and there. But yeah, it, it's a shame, really, because uh, the streaming and the, the sales and everything were fantastic. But there was just so much of it lacking. And that is at no fault of our own, you know. Right. No, of course. It was a very special album. I mean, there's this very palpable and kind of personal intensity that kind of comes with the album not just in the instrumentality but like within the lyricism and that I think it spoke to a lot of people at that time yeah even without you know the touring and stuff like that I think mm. for me as a fan it also spoke to me on that level as well where even though we didn't get to see you guys in person and like touring and stuff like that there was that very personal emotional quality to it where we could hold on to that there's this very unique quality to it that only you guys have that I feel mm -hmm. like that it was it's more intense now in this album more than ever I feel that this is developed on more and I think we can talk about that more with this album coming up we get more of that intensity on the subject matter because of where you guys are coming from you guys talk about resetting time and taking control of your future and also you know dealing with pain and loss outside of covid what made this creative process so much more different than the last album besides uh, obviously the member changes and stuff yeah yeah i was gonna say that proved like uh, obviously completely different having more inspiration and having more mm -hmm. influence i think that we were just in a much better place. It was it was completely collaborative, whereas the past few records have just been me writing the bulk of the music and then kind of a few ideas here and there between each other. But myself and Dan have always batted off each other pretty well, despite him being a frontman. You know, he's, he's very musically minded, so we, we could always challenge each other in that way. But I think because the chains were off and obviously incorporating Tom into things, we had, we had so much more of a 3D kind of vibe going on. And it just made everything a lot more interesting, at least from a from a writing perspective. So it meant that we could just challenge ourselves and incorporate more influence from different spheres of music that we couldn't necessarily before. Mm -hmm. And we weren't necessarily chained to any idea. There was no blueprint. We were just like, let's write some songs. There was no need to make everything sound the same. And it's a lot more dynamic now, you know, the, the songs ebb and flow a lot more, whereas Cannibal and Black Flame is just like, metal throughout whereas now we, we can incorporate more dance elements or pop elements or you know really heavy elements and um we owe a lot of that to tom and ed 
so just the fact that the chains are off and it was completely freeing. But Tom, how did you find the writing process? Obviously, it was your first one with us, but I guess even compared to life and death, I felt like we were a lot more explorative with with music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think like we were in the studio recording the album when death came out. So that that was like really cool to see how well that translated and the kind of six of us as then being buried tomorrow were kind of accepted. That was like a really nice feeling to then go on and mm-hmm. carry on recording with. But it's just felt it were a very free process, especially bearing in mind that myself and Ed came in after you guys had been a band for, for 15 years and you kind of welcome everybody as I say and you just have this really free environment where you can put an idea and then it's is this the right one is it the best one could something be better there's no ego getting in the way there's nobody saying oh maybe if if this is a better idea than that one you know the person who maybe doesn't have the final idea it's not about them it's about the song becoming the best thing that it possibly can be and for that to be an environment for a full month to record it kind of just leaves you with this contentment that we've made the best record we could at that time and mm. makes me really look forward to doing the next one. So that's, that's yeah. my personal experience of it. I think you're right though, man, in what you're saying there, like make the best record we could at the time, because compared to every other one, I've kind of gone home and just been like, Oh, I wish I did that. I wish I did this. And there's none of that really this time, which I think says just how hard we worked on it. We didn't second guess anything. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we, guessed everything so many times <laughs> in the studio but to then once we're free of that process and that time we're not like in need to go back and change anything so yeah it's just a very very wholeheartedly collaborative creative process it's just great to have people in the band with you who are as inspired as you are you definitely feel that within seventh son i i feel like you guys feel like you know who you are and there's this sense of confidence and vibrance and boldness i feel that comes throughout with songs like force divide i feel like that's one of my favorite songs out of the whole record there's this sort of punchiness to it that kind of like coalesces with the the lyricism that i really Mm -hmm. love about it there's just something about all these songs that kind of ruminates into one another. It's just this kind of effortless control, but it's not a control of how you want us to see the narrative. It's a control that shows that you guys are in control of what you're doing with the music itself. It shows that there's this refined control of not only the sadness and pain that you guys are talking about, but that you guys are in control of the music that you're making. Is that fair to say? I think it's uh, really cool that you take that from it. But it's interesting that you you know, you mentioned this sadness and pain. Because in our camp, there really was the complete opposite. We had such a fun time writing this whole thing. Right. But obviously we're a metal band. We're not going to be singing about rainbows. We didn't actually feel any of that, but right. we are writing from a different place, whereas the previous record was Dan's own subjective approach to that, whereas mm-hmm. this now is much more united front in regards to songs like Abandoners, which is quite a political song, right? as is Heretic to a degree. And so, yeah, it's like we're challenging things bigger than ourselves. We're challenging more of a societal, a societal narrative in regards to the lyrical concept. But obviously there are some subjective things, such as recovery and care, mm-hmm. which kind of, you know, take on that, cannibalistic approach in regards to the to the record but um i just feel like we're writing from a different place but in one that speaks to more people as opposed to ourselves maybe Mm -hmm. but tom's 
probably like one of the best literate writers I've ever met. So it's obviously I'm not speaking for you. I will Tom, say but... that unbiasedly as a fan that he is probably one of the the best lyricists of our generation. Sure. But... I don't know. I feel like Tom's really good at telling a story through his lyrics. <laughs> you can speak for yourself, but like it's coming from a different place. Mm-hmm. I know for every artist, with each album, you kind of take something personally from it that you didn't take from other album cycles that you've done in the past. I guess my question to each one of you is, what have you taken from this album cycle that impacted you on a personal level that you haven't taken from other albums going forward? That I can make an album and have fun doing it because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's usually a very stressful tedious process mm-hmm. but this one was very freeing very liberating and I really enjoyed it didn't feel limited by anything so it was cool to go away for that long and just be like cool every day is going to be explorative and inspired and we're all striving for the same end goal and we all had shared a you know a shared vision for that so yeah I think I was kind of like joking about like not enjoying a record process before, but I think I just enjoyed this one. And what I took from it was that we can be limitless and it be productive as well. We didn't waste any time and every idea that we didn't use kind of got us to the next one. I think we, we spent our time the best out of any record that we've ever made. So I took that from it, to be honest. And in that time, being super happy with the whole environment. And we recorded at Head Studios. Shout out that those guys, it's such a perfect place to make an album. What about yourself, Thomas? Well, it is my first album cycle, so I suppose I can't, I've got no frame of reference. But I think the biggest thing that I take from it is like just the journey of a song, whether it's been like us in this little studio writing ideas or being at yours or being at Otterhead and like coming up with ideas and then watching them translate to people and actually having that human contact between people listening and connecting with your music. For me, it's seeing that journey and then seeing the effect that it can have, as well as doing something that is really like personally really fulfilling and it's something that I always wanted to do. So it's it's a beautiful thing to kind of witness being a part of. And I'm just really excited to see what happens next. So that's that's what I take from it. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so business. All business, uh, baby. All business. <laughs> I'm trying to keep everything as professional as possible with here, but you guys are amazing. I feel like you're one of the best bands that I've had on this show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Within this album, Seven is a big deal for you guys. Like we said before, it elucidates on a deeper meaning here as far as renewal and just a lot of things. When you guys were kind of settling on the idea of an album title, was this before or after you had written all of your songs? From my memory, I think I might be right, Tom. We were going to call it Seven for a while. Mm-hmm. That was like the working title, mainly because there was so much change. I mean, just because it was our seventh album. That was the first thing. Right. Secondly, we kind of got into what Seven means, what it means to bury tomorrow to write our seventh album, what it means to go on our you know seventh album campaign, album cycle, yada, yada. But also there is a lot of mysticism surrounding the number seven. It's a number of renewal. It's a number of change. You know, seven days in a week. They say there's seven hells. It's a very significant number. 
but we felt that, you know, and there's the whole like seven year switch and all this stuff. And I could go on, there's many examples, but we felt that with that being said, it was quite fitting that this was our seventh album because of the renewal and the change that we felt, not just as a, as a lineup, but as, as music. Don't get me wrong, we're not doing anything crazy different, but I feel like this is our best quality of metal that we've ever released. Yeah, the seventh son essentially came from, I think, the, the metaphor that Dan was going for is that this this whole process has brought us so much joy and so much fun and therefore, like, so much light. It's, you know, it's like the seventh son to us is our, it's our, like, beacon of hope, if you will. You know, and then we wrote the intro song with that in mind, with, with the catch line and so on that Tom wrote. Yeah, I, that's what I get from it anyway. But I can't remember, was the song called it first, then the album? I can't really remember. I'm not sure. But I have to I have to correct you that Dan wrote that. Oh. Yeah. You should have took full credit for that, bro. I can't do that. <laughs> Such a great so, songwriter. Yeah, that makes even more sense that Dan came up with that metaphor and felt it was strong enough to carry the album because we all felt that it was for sure. Yeah, I think that's that's the play on words there with the seventh son. If you had to choose a song that affected you the most on this album, which would you pick? <sighs> affected me. Or not really, I guess, affected, but which one is your favourite? I said Heretic. Heretic was always my favourite. But it changes all the time. It's like at the, at the moment, it's Begin Again. I don't know if that's just because we released it and I'm listening to it in a different way now that people <laughs> are taking what they're taking from it. But yeah, maybe it's, I'll go with my first choice and I'll just say heretic because I felt personally really attached to it because of how mm. long I spent writing the riffs. And and actually, I remember Tom writing the chorus. I said this in a couple of interviews, but I remember we were changing the chorus because Dan added an original idea. We didn't feel like it was the right one. And then Tom just were like, give me half an hour, went upstairs to the studio and I heard him doing the new chorus and I was just like, holy fuck, dude, like that is incredible. That has to be the one. So I, I was there when I heard Tom kind of just practicing to himself and I always remember thinking, fuck me, you are the best. Yeah, maybe that one. What about you, Tom? <laughs> I, I, I cycle between Wrath and Carcass King. Nice. Like fairly, okay. fairly regularly. Wrath is just like, it's everything in five minutes. There's so much going on, but it still feels cohesive. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got like a normal song song structure for the first three and a half minutes, and then you've just got this building outro section. I remember when we got the first mix back because that that is definitely a song that talks around around loss in quite a meaningful and probably quite a direct way, actually, especially considering the end section. Um, to hear like obviously what you did, Dawson and Ed, and everybody's like musically that supported that just perfectly so I, I love that that tune is definitely one of my favorites and carcass king is just such a i can't even place where i'd, I'd put it on a kind of genre scale yeah because um, it's such an exposed verse I, I, I don't think you can though because it's it's one of those dissonant kind of songs where it, it's like a melting pot of so many different genres put into one song it's just so cohesive that it just it works it's such a beautiful song, and I love it. Oh, that's cool. I, I feel you on that one, Tombo. It's the chorus for me. It's the, it's the movement of notes. I actually think that my favourite like vocal take of yours, Tom, on the whole album 
and it's it's like you're not even trying, but it's the way that you put the whispers under the final line of the final chorus with the way to keep the wolves at bay. It sounds like you're saying it through gritted teeth, and then to go into such a heavy riff that gives me goosebumps. Yeah, that, um, that, that riff is oh, I it's love it. disgusting. It's just so different. And Ed's, you know, that's like Ed's baby, that song. He started the whole thing. I think we just collaborated on a couple of riffs in the solo. But yeah, it's a very different song for Barry Tomorrow. And it's something that I look forward to kind of expanding on. It's like our Vermillion by Slipknot, if you feel me. That's mm-hmm. how it feels. So yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to progressing on that side of things. I hope so. Even after listening to this album, I'm like, when is the next? Again, I said my favorite was Force Divide. I don't know, something about the lyrics and the way the riffs just kind of, the song just moves in and of itself. I feel like when everybody hears that song, they're just being awe with how the song moves. I love it. I feel like Force Divide is one of those songs that it's quite, um, so throughout the record, whilst obviously the whole point of it is to do something outside of the perceived normality for Very Tomorrow, mm-hmm. but it's very Runes era inspired. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's our nod to Runes because we haven't done anything like that since, where right. it's just like straight up metalcore. And I felt like we kind of honored that. It's, it kind of crosses a line between Earthbound, like later on in, on the Earthbound record and, you know, Runes. I, I feel like anyway, that's what inspired my riff writing. Yeah, it's very like soil work inspired. <laughs> So it's That's got so that cool. metalcore vibe. And it's Jacko's favourite. It's Jacko's favourite song. It's such a ridiculously good song. And I, I can't wait till people are exposed to... I mean, all the songs are just so good because it's just, like I said, there's this vibrance and this boldness to it, but also like this vulnerability that you guys have where you're just very honest and just are very happy with what you guys are doing. And I think it really shows in this record. And I can't wait to see what you guys are going to do next. What is next for you guys? I know we only have seven minutes on the clock. I know Zoom keeps like giving me reminders because <laughs> we're having a really good conversation. I'm like, I know Zoom. I know. What is next for you guys? I know this is a really big part of what tomorrow is bringing for you guys. From your perspective, after making such an amazing record, what do you feel that this holds for you guys? I think as long as we can keep doing what we're doing in regards to like the shows and we're constantly connecting people within that way, I think even people who don't necessarily come to see us, they can't help but feel, not speaking for everyone, I know whilst Berry Tomorrow isn't for everyone, I think when you come to a live show, you feel very welcome and you feel like you're a part of something. Because this is a community at the end of the day. Our, mm-hmm. our fan base could be a community and that's what we want. It's what we've always strived for because within community, you have that connection and that togetherness. And that's what music is. It's just sharing a passion and a, and a love for something. So I hope we can continue to connect with people on a musical level. We have some arena shows as part of Empiricon Festival and we've got our first time in Brazil. We've got a headline American, well, North American tour, which is insane playing at Gramsci Theatre in New York, which is a dream come true. Cannot wait. Yeah, we're just very lucky to have some amazing opportunities in a live capacity this year. And I hope that by next year, you know, we can still be continuing to promote this record and hit more places than we've ever been. At the heart of it all, just continue to have a good time in each other's company and just enjoy being in a band because it shouldn't be that hard. 
you know, if, if you enjoy doing something, do it for the right reasons and do it with nothing but passion and respect. Well, one for each other, but two for what you're doing and three, the people who consume it. I like to talk a lot, but just <laughs> continue to connect with people and yeah, just bring our music to as many corners of the world as we can. What about you, Tom? Beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure there's a hell of a lot to, to add to that, to be honest. But yeah, I echo the sentiment exactly and also look forward to writing some more. Yeah, I, I love that process. I hope that, you know, the, the singles have come out and they've, they've resonated probably better than any of us could have expected. Yeah, I always want to write though, so that I, I just can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. It has begun. Like we've got a few, got a few ideas kicking about, <laughs> so we'll keep expanding. It's good to stack ideas, and then you've just got like a a library of things to choose from. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, hopefully we've got an exciting eighteen months coming up. We've definitely got an exciting twelve months coming up. Keep on uh, keeping the SS Berry tomorrow chugging. I guess. I have really enjoyed chatting with you guys. Like I said, there's there's a sense of joy that comes with really just chatting with bands that really love to tell their story um, not just through their music but just really digging down deep into what really makes their music their music and I think that's why I love this job so much is really talking to the people that inspire what we love to listen to you know being able to talk to you guys and really see what this record is all about really gave me a newfound appreciation for what Seventh Son truly means to me as a fan going back and like listening to it and being able to review it and talk to you guys it really means a lot to me like as a fan and as a journalist so I thank you guys for coming and talking to me it's a sincere pleasure a little bit of like pre-Berry Tomorrow history for you so my first band first released an EP we were still at school when we were like 15 and Tom actually engineered that so 15 years ago that's like half my life if you told me that 15 years later from that point I'd be sat having a conversation with yourself Sammy in New Jersey you know you have an appreciation for our music and and I mean that as in myself and Tom to be able to write together and the fact that yeah we're here talking to people all over the world about this body of work that we've you know, it's a labour of love. It's And that's why I say to you, there's not necessarily any sadness and pain regarding it because it's such a positive thing that after right. all this time, it's still a bunch of friends who have a love for metalcore, like writing and producing that together. So thank you very much for your invested interest in, you know, your, your care and attention with the questions and, yeah, just allowing us to to speak in regards to that. But um, it's not taken lightly with any of us. We can't thank you enough for your appreciation of our music because that is all you want as a musician just people to hear it and like it so thank you very much for your time and uh, yeah championing this album and hopefully we'll see you in new york if it's not too far so it's so exciting guys (laughs) i can't wait you guys are coming all the way here that's amazing i'm so excited i I do wish we had a show in new jersey but um, new york is close enough though thank you guys for coming thank you guys for tuning in listening in remember that into the void is on my website and on any other streaming source that you guys choose to listen to hit those up and take care guys 